The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Our first Victory Monday pod of the season. Oh, it felt good waking up this morning. Washington football team 27, Eagles 17. Let's break it down next. Dilly MF and Dilly, the Washington football team defensive line just dominated Philly. What a game. What a week one performance for the Washington football team. The Ron Rivera era riverboat Ron starting off in the best way possible. Welcome into the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. I don't know about you. But I had a very, very enjoyable Sunday yesterday. The Washington football team victorious, doing so in borderline historic fashion, if you will. The biggest comeback we've had as a team since that fateful you-like-it comeback at uh, Kirk Cousins orchestrated against Tampa Bay. So winning in historic fashion, Dallas loses on Sunday night. That high-powered offense of the Dallas Cowboys looked really, really good. Bunch of dorks. It was like the perfect Sunday. I want to say a good morning and happy Monday to everyone in the comments section who said, you're being too much of a homer. You're betting too much on this defensive line that hasn't proved anything. Uh, hope you're having a great Monday. Uh, take that as well. Oh, it was good. It was a fun game to watch for the Washington football team after like the first two drives for Philadelphia. So we're going to break down um, 
all the things that we saw in the game. We're going to give out some awards. You know, we've given out some awards. We'll give out a game ball, play of the game, a surprise of the game as well. We're going to cover a couple different bases there. But we got to start with the big story of the game, and that was the defensive line. That group was outstanding. I said on, on this preview podcast uh, late last week, we got to take advantage of the Philadelphia offensive line and make them look like barbecue chicken. And we grilled out on a Sunday because we absolutely ate those dudes alive. I said on that preview pod, Chase Young, one and a half sacks. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm just saying I didn't miss Chase Young officially one and a half sacks on the day. Matt Ioannidis, one and a half sacks. John Allen and Deron Payne each get half a sack. Bostic gets a sack. Montez Sweat gets a sack. And then our boy Ryan Kerrigan not only gets two sacks, but he catapults himself into the sack leader for the franchise's history on a Sunday. Oh, it was fantastic. I had so much fun. And it got to the point late in the game, really midway through the game, I would say, where I was expecting every drive to get at least one sack or to get some form of real pressure on Carson Wentz, who was shaking in his boots. He was, he was afraid. He was a, a happy feet. You see the, ha- the little penguin movie? Carson Wentz is starring in Happy Feet 3 after what our defensive line did to him. He was afraid, and it got to him. I've been a pretty, uh, when I take a step back from my uh, biases as a fan, I think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Uh, we made him not not look really good. The entire city of Philadelphia turned on their man so exceptionally quickly, they're asking for Nick Foles back. They're asking for the guy who lost a quarterback job to Mitchell Trubisky. They want that dude back because that's how upset they are with Carson Wentz. And the reason is, is because our defensive line had that man scared, frightened in his boots. It was so much fun to watch. And maybe the best part of watching that performance is seeing how much those guys are cheering one another on. You know, I don't like, I hope our locker room isn't clicky. You know, obviously I want everyone to be uh, on the same page. Uh, Clicky locker rooms, I feel like, are a downfall. But it is very, very clear that our position grouping of everybody on the defensive line, those dudes love each other. They are cheering one another on. They're the first guys to congratulate each other when they get a sack. I was a little worrisome, not really, but like just a a tad bit. When you draft a guy like Chase Young that maybe just maybe guys are going to kind of give him the cold shoulder. They're going to be like, all right, Rook, you got to earn your spot. It seems like that's not a thing with this position group, and I think that was evident on Sunday. And I think that's the big reason as to why they perform as well as they do. They're a tight-knit group, and when you love the guys that you're playing with, it is so much easier to play hard for the guy next to you. And if this is just the start, like if this is just week one in the process of what this defensive line can be, oh my God. Oh my, I mean, we're going to be borderline unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's not even going to be fair. We're so good and we're just getting started. This was Chase Young's first game and he was eating Jason Peters alive. And I know Jason Peters isn't certainly in his prime, But that's still a decent guy at the offensive line position. And Chase Young was making that dude look like a child. He was bullying a grown man. Did you see the spin move he made on his first sack? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That guy is so good. Everybody on our defensive line is so good. I'm glad that quite literally everyone got a sack. 
We have that that kind of that power five, if you will, with Sweat, with Kerrigan, with Payne, with Ioannidis, with Allen, and with uh, Chase Young. That five or six. Well, you get what I'm saying. We got that power group right there, and everyone got to the quarterback. So much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. I enjoy being right. I love that Chase Young made his debut, and it was electric. He is everything so far through one game. Chase Young is everything that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. So much fun to watch. Offensively, I thought we started playing a lot better in the second half. Uh, obviously, Dwayne Haskins didn't have the greatest start in the world. He finishes 17-31 for 178 yards and a touchdown. There was a very clear difference in his confidence from the first half to the second half. I don't know how much of that has to do with the fact that he was the guy giving the, the halftime speech, which is another thing, another characteristic, another situation, a detail that exemplifies how much he has grown as a leader. And it also exemplifies how much this team is behind him as their leader. There's not a chance in hell Dwayne Haskins is giving the halftime speech last year with the coaching staff, whether it be Gruden or Callahan, whoever was at the helm, they weren't letting Dwayne Haskins give the halftime speech. So Ron Rivera had to get the IV. That's been pretty well documented. He's stepping up. Uh, I, I appreciate Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, is just, he's just the greatest human being. I, I love that dude. And I've talked to some of the guys that used to play for Ron Rivera, and they say the exact same thing. So what we see of Ron Rivera is exactly what he is as a person, and that makes me happy. I love Ron Rivera. He's just so different. He's such a, a 180 from what we have seen with past regimes here in the coaching staff. He, he's just such a fresh breath of uh, a fresh breath of air there. So a breath of fresh air. There you go. It only took me three times to get that. But I'm hyped. It's a it's a victory Monday. I'm stumbling over my words because I'm excited. We won a football game against a team that was supposed to be really good, the defending NFC East champions, and we dominated them, scoring 27 unanswered. So forgive me if I'm stumbling over my weird phrases here because I'm just jacked up. I am ready to go. I don't normally bounce off of the walls by any stretch of the imagination, but I was bouncing off of the walls after watching this football game. So Dwayne Haskins makes that halftime speech. He comes out. He plays a lot better in the second half. He looked a lot more confident. You can tell there have been certain games, and this kind of falls back to some of the games last year. You can see the game moving slower to him with more and more possessions, more and more reps in actual game stuff. And in the first half, there were a couple times where the pocket sort of started to collapse around him, and he had opportunities to step up, and he wasn't doing so. Well, in the second half of the game, you start to see him step up in the pocket a little bit more. He was getting a little bit more comfortable. The offensive line didn't play great by any stretch of the imagination. That's going to be something to watch as we move forward, especially with Chandler Jones and the Arizona Cardinals coming up. Oh, oh goodness gracious. Chandler Chandler Jones is something special. He That, that guy's good. So that's going to be something to watch uh, as we move forward. But I thought that Dwayne Haskins stepping up in the pocket, they were able to, to allow him to use his legs a little bit. Ideally, in a perfect world, I don't want to see Dwayne Haskins running a ton. That's just not his style of game. But the way that they ran him and the way that he was able to actually utilize his feet to pick up yards and make big plays, of course, that 19-yard scramble, that was special. That that was one of those things where it's like, all right, he's, he's understanding and he's feeling a lot more confident in the offense. Uh, I thought the running attack was pretty solid. Not great, but solid. Gibson had 36 yards on nine carries. Peyton Barber had 29 yards on 17 carries, but he finds the end zone twice. Gibson did have that big 21-yard uh, scamper as well. So the run game was solid. J.D. McKissick, he got three carries. He had negative two yards, but he got three carries. So he was he was making some plays. The receivers, Terry McLaurin, goes for 61 yards on five catches. He was working against Darius Slay. 
They were they were keeping Darius Slay on Terry McLaurin, and for the second game against Darius Slay, Terry McLaurin, I would say, got a bit of the better of Slay. He worked really well against one of the top corners in the NFL, a really good cornerback in Slay. That was a bit of a confidence boost for me because I did have a little bit of uh, questions as to can he do what he did last year. Obviously, he's not going for 120 against Darius Slay. That's just that's a, a tad bit unrealistic. That was the big problem I did feel, though, offensively. And this is, again, something to work on as we continue to get into a rhythm offensively and everybody gets more comfortable with the play calling and as the offensive line sort of starts to form into their own, which hopefully at some point they will, I do think we need to take a lot more shots down the field. The biggest play from scrimmage we had was the 21-yard reception by Terry McLaurin. But other than that, we didn't have a lot of explosive plays. Still able to put up 27 points, so that's a win, and you'll take that. But as we move forward, I think we need to take advantage of our explosiveness on offense, particularly with Terry McLaurin and Steve Sims Jr. I thought Steve Sims Jr. played really well. He had 50 yards on three receptions. He had that one big uh, conversion uh, late in the game, the 19-yard reception, skying for the football there. That was really awesome. I loved getting him involved. And how about Logan Thomas? We had a lot of questions about the tight end position, how we were going to manage offensively. I thought Logan Thomas played really well. Four receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown. He was getting it done offensively. So I was pleased with the way that Logan Thomas played. Now, when it comes to the tight ends on the other side of the field, kind of shifting back and forth, excuse me for pinballing all over the place here, but that was the one defensive weakness we had. We had two major defensive weaknesses. One of them really didn't have anything to do with football itself. It was just making stupid penalties. That's just a mental thing. But an actual football weakness, the X's and O's, oh, those Philadelphia tight ends are pretty good. And they were eating us alive in the, in the first half there. They were eating us alive to the point where I almost didn't understand why they stopped going to the tight ends in the second half. I wasn't upset about it. I was just curious because I would think like, hey, if this was working so great in the first half and got you all of your points, why aren't you still doing it? But again, I'm not going to complain about that. That's Philadelphia's thing. You can hear the Bleeding Green Nation podcast. They're complaining about that. I'm not complaining about Doug Peterson not going to his tight ends anymore, but it is something that was a little bit worrisome. We knew this linebacking group was going to be, it was going to be suspect at best, I would say. It's going to be suspect and they were not able to cover the Philadelphia tight ends at all. So that's going to be something that we need to take care of a lot better moving forward. But that was really the only defensive weakness. We were able to get some turnovers, obviously the Fabian Moreau and Jimmy Moreland interceptions on damn near the exact same throw from Carson Wentz. I mean, he made the same throw twice, and he got the same result. Uh, And that's insanity. That's the dictionary definition of insanity. Again, I'll take it. And those two guys are ball hawks. I love seeing the forcing of turnovers. It's something that I thought we were going to struggle with in the secondary, especially not having uh, having Fuller back there. But I love the the aggressiveness, making the play, high point in the football, and actually catching the damn thing. Because how many times in our history of this franchise have we had corners who have been able to break on the football but not actually catch the damn thing? These two guys were able to catch the damn thing. Uh, so that was... That was great, and I thought one of those, we'll get to the, the play of the game, but one of those is, is going to be just kind of a sneak pre, sneak peek here. Uh, one of those is going to be my plays of the game because I thought it turned the tide uh, for our entire momentum and our entire composure, competitiveness, and, and really offensive game plan, which is kind of crazy. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on, and before we get into these awards, this is going to be relatively a uh, quick wrap-up game podcast here, but one thing I do want to touch on was the fourth down call. I loved just about every single bit of that. In past regimes, that's a kicked field goal. 
whether it be Gruden, Callahan, the Shanahan's, that's a kicked field goal there. I love that Ron Rivera said, we are going for it. It's him showcasing that he trusts the defense, which, smart decision, because the defense dominated. But it's also him saying, we are here to win, and he's trusting the offense too. He liked the way that the offense was moving the football, and he's saying, I believe that you guys can pick up this one yard. Now, the toss play was a bit of an interesting one, I will admit. The toss on a fourth and one, a bit ballsy, but it worked. And that that encapsulates this whole this whole day for me. It's just such a such a difference from what we have normally seen as fans of this organization. We are not used to seeing these sorts of decisions made. We're not seeing these sorts of big plays. Like normally, if I were to tell you, pick any other year, pick any other year, and I were to tell you that one of the teams had eight sacks, you would have asked, when did our backup quarterback go in? Because historically, we would be the guy getting sacked eight times, whoever our quarterback was. It's so nice to see us on the other side of that. And then the boneheaded penalty that Philadelphia made at the end of the game with a guy running onto the field to give us a first down. Oh my God. It was so nice to not be the team being the idiotic one. To not making the stupid penalty. We made all the dumb penalties uh, at the start of the game. Uh, they didn't really want to call a penalty on Philadelphia at all. Uh, how they missed how they missed that hit on Dwayne Haskins as he was sliding. It was literally the dictionary definition of why that should be a penalty. The ref was right in front of him. He didn't throw the flag. That was obnoxious. It was stupid. I don't know how they missed that. If if we're going to get like a final two-minute report like the NBA does, we're going to get one of those saying, hey, we missed the flag on Dwayne Haskins getting hit while he was sliding. That was stupid. Other than the, the, uh, the officials not wanting to call those penalties on Philadelphia, they get the obvious one there, and it's just that team being stupid. We were the well-prepared team on week one. Never thought I'd say that. Ron Rivera is really doing something special with this team because I never thought that the Washington football team would be the well-prepared team on week one playing against a division rival that won the damn division last year. Hell of a day. Hell of a day. All right, let's jump into some of these awards. All right, so here's what we're doing for some of these awards. We got three of them here. Pretty basic, pretty simple. Uh, I'm not exceptionally creative, at least yet. We can kind of mess with these as we go on uh, throughout the course of the season. We got the game ball, we got the play of the game, and then we got the surprise of the game. I'd love to know yours as well. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Detton underscore day. We'll start with a game ball. This is... Uh, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, we understand how the game ball works in football, I hope. Uh, the game ball goes to the entire defensive line. No secret here. You sack a quarterback eight times, a good one like Carson Wentz. It should have been 10 times if we're just being honest, but Wentz is, he's a little slippery one. He got some, he got some sneaky strength and sneaky elusiveness, but we get to that dude eight times. We get to him itself a lot more. We put the pressure on him. This is what this team needed. I am a huge proponent of building through the defensive line. We have done that, and the defensive line won us a football game. This is a great start to the Ron Rivera-Jack Del Rio defensive era that we now have here in Washington. So the defensive line gets the game ball. Uh, Game ball, like, number two goes to Kerrigan for breaking the record or for setting the record, I would say. I'm assuming this is only going to grow from this point forward. That's Obviously, that's huge for him. Uh, He's eventually going to make his, his way up into that ring of fame that we have in our arena. So congratulations to Ryan Kerrigan for that. He gets game ball number two, uh, the kind of like game ball B, if you will. So game ball A is to the defensive line. Game ball B is to Ryan Kerrigan. The play of the game was the Fabian Moreau interception. 
Jimmy Moreland's was awesome. Jimmy F. and Moreland, the people's corner. His interception was all awesome. But the Fabian Moreau one, I thought, was the turning point in the game. We go right down and score after that. It was our first points of the game. It gave us all of the momentum, and it showcased that Carson Wentz was feeling the pressure. Our defense had been playing solid up to that point, but we had been making silly penalties. We got beat on that Jalen Rager uh, deep bomb, that 55-yard catch uh, for Jalen Rager. We had gotten beat on that. But once Fabian Monroe was able to capitalize and force a turnover, with the way that our defense was playing, it gave the offense great field position. They were able to capitalize on it. Uh, I think that was really the turning point of the game that interception and then of course Jimmy Moreland doing it again on just about the exact same play because Carson Wentz didn't learn from it the first time that certainly was nice but Fabian Monroe's interception was what I thought uh, the play of the game and then the surprise of the game I would say was Peyton Barber I, I didn't expect that he was going to be the guy that got into the end zone two times his stats aren't going to jump off the page at you as you're reading the box score. 17 carries for 29 yards and two touchdowns. His longest run was eight yards. That's not anything exceptionally special, but he gets into the end zone two times. Ron Rivera had a trust in him that I thought was uh, unique. I didn't see that coming. I thought Gibson was going to get a load of the carries, uh, but it was Peyton Barber that got the majority of the carries. We ran the ball 36 times. He got 17 of those carries. So he was my surprise of the game. It was a pleasant surprise. So it certainly wasn't a bad thing. I just didn't expect that he was going to be the running back that got into the end zone on two occasions, but he did. So Peyton Barber, round of applause to you, my friend. You're the surprise of the week so far uh, in week one. And that's that's what it is. So those are the three awards. We win the game 27-17. to 17. I'd love to know what you guys think, who you are awarding the game ball to, what you thought the play of the game was, and who was the surprise. Let me know on Twitter, at Denton underscore day. I'm excited. The first of what is hopefully many Victory Monday podcasts here on the Pigpen Podcast. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have you a preview up uh, for this weekend coming up later in the week. Until then, I'll see you next time on the Pigpen Podcast. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.